Relevant content for our members by our members. This is TMC Connect. Hi, everyone. Thank you for joining us today on TMC Connect. Today we have with us David Licken from TMS Advisors, and he will be going over reducing costs through an efficiency analysis. Thanks for joining us, David. Well, good. It's good to be here. Good to see some of the familiar names on there and seeing people join in. So thank you so much. Um, uh, Howard Nathan is on here. So give Howard a big shout out, a Michigan State fan and one of my associates. And so it's great to be on with all you all. We're in Texas. So uh, I, uh, we, you'll hear me slip in with a couple of all y'alls, but I started my roots up in Minnesota. So it may sound like a little Norwegian accent in there. So that gets a little confusing, but I'm really grateful to be a part of TMC and what you guys are doing. And um, so we want to talk about one of the most important topics. Uh, can you cut your way to profitability? The answer is no, but there's things you can do to constantly work on your efficiency. So we're, today we're talking about, and I've got some slides I want to share with you and get those ready to launch here. Um, what we're talking about is reducing costs through an efficiency analysis. So there's many ways. I mean, we need production. That's the end of the day. Rising tides floats all boats, all those kind of phrases we need. But there are things every single day that guys like Howard, Nathan, who does fractional CFO work, who's on this call, works with me, is always looking for ways to how we can uh, to operate more efficiently. So we say, do we need to right size? Well, I think most companies have done most of the right sizing, at least we hope we have, to get to where we need. So the next phase is to go to efficiency. Let me give you a story here. And to drive home the point, by the way, uh, excuse for the graininess of this slide. I was asking Marina for the most updated one, and I couldn't get it downloaded. So I'm using the grainy one that I have. But the fourth quarter is a negative 99 basis points. If you haven't seen that slide, it's really getting a lot of press right now. The Housing Wire wrote on it. The NBA did this. They released this data last Friday. So a, nearly 100 basis points, negative um, number. It's first time ever. First time we've had three quarters of losses. Again, not trying to give an economic report here, but it's just driving on the point. We got to look at ways in which we can make a difference in this our business and how we go about it. And so uh, first quarter is going to look like about the same. Uh, some Marine is hoping it'll look better, but I think we're going to be looking at all the indications. We're going to look at it being on an average, maybe slightly better, but still really horrific numbers. And then hopefully we'll start seeing Q2 23 start turning around. But anyway, whatever the numbers are, we always have got to be looking at ways we could do this. So I want to share something. This was a, a guy by the Elon, uh, uh, Elon, uh, uh, Stefan Elon, Elop. Sorry, I got to get this right. He's the former CEO of Nokia. Any of those who heard my presentations before, you hear me talk about this guy, his fame. He's quoted, quoted for saying this. We didn't do anything wrong, but somehow we lost. <clears throat> it's because we did. We failed to innovate. One of the things that I love about Marcus Lemonis, he says, if you're not evolving, you're dying. And we look at things. I love, I love Marcus Lemonis and I love the, the profit series. We're looking at all the things that go on there. And he talks about three things that are always going to drive our business. And when he's uh, on the, the TV series, CNBC uh, TV series, the, pro the profit, it's people, process, and our products. Our products in the mortgage industry are fairly generic. I have some suggestions of what we could do. That'll be another uh, webinar uh, that we'll be doing about how you can leverage your liquidity to get 
improved products. I want to talk more about that. But today, the focus is on the process. One of the things is, I mean, I always got to chuckle out of some of these slides. You can't get to where you want to go if you don't know where you're at. So I think the most important thing is, is we're going to be looking at where are you at? So let me get to explaining what this slide is. Some of you may have heard this thing called business process mapping, also known as BPM. It's really one of the best ways to start looking at your efficiencies and where you can pick things up. And I'm going to literally take you into a case study today and have you join me in a little journey. This is one that's got a real powerful success story. Some of you who are up in the Boston market or familiar in the Northeast may know about this, but how do you get there? Well, it's three phases in an efficiency analysis that I want to talk about today. Phase one is really starts with, first of all, reviewing all of your existing procedures and processes end to end. And how do you do that? It's by creating a, by mapping out whatever means you want to documenting. And I recommend business process mapping because it's a visual effect that most people, it's an under, it's a picture is worth a thousand words. And so what we want to do is use this picture. So let me give you some ideas. The most powerful tools when we do business process mapping is a post-it and a Sharpie. You go like, what do you mean, Lincoln? Well, what we do is we hand out post-its and Sharpies in a meeting. And when we started to work on an efficiency assessment, I said, take this post-it and take this pen. Let's decide which colors are applicable to which process. So the what, what you can see in here is the yellow is oftentimes a uh, process related to um, uh, loan processing of the operational side involved in there. Sales is here in the purple. Compliance is pink. They stand out pretty in where they're inserted. So you can do whatever color combination, but take a pen and take this post it and this uh, Sharpie and have everyone write down their process and go to a wall, post it up there, and you can start working on it. Now, we do this kind of efficiency consulting. We do a lot of it. We've helped a lot of companies. And you're going to hear one of the stories today, uh, one that we did a number of years ago, and the benefits are still ongoing. So there's what it looks like. And then when we get it, off of the wall from post-its that we literally go in and we believe in using a, a tool called Lucid Charts. It's an online hosted tool whereby you can draw all the, take all those post-its, take a picture of it with your camera when you get it up there on the wall. <clears throat> and then we convert it and take those into boxes onto this product. Now, one of the things I want to talk about this, I'm going to give a little brief lesson. And my goal, whoops, my goal is not to teach you how to do business process mapping or efficiency, but this is one method that's proven to be by those that do this for a living. And if you look at auto manufacturing, look, think about it. We're manufacturing an annuity. We're manufacturing a mortgage loan. The processes we go through are not that different than any other manufacturing process. So when someone is doing a manufacturing process, the most efficient way to go in and look at that and analyze that is by using those post-its, converting it to boxes and connecting the dots. But here's the key. Move it from, from left to right. Don't do business process mapping that have boxes coming back underneath. Treat this almost like a workflow time, a, a time and workflow diagram. In other words, day one, day two, or minute one, minute two, whatever, and it moves all the way through a time flow. That is critical when looking for inefficiencies. If you just map it out and you put them all reoccurring on top of each other, and I could give you some examples of that, um, 
it, it, many people do that. That's not the way you want to do it. You want to create this where it flows all the way across. You're going to see one towards the end of my presentation, which totally built out and it goes from left to right. And it just continues. A swim lane relates to a specific area or function. So in this particular case, it would be originations and the swim lane. The next one would be is uh, the opening of file, the initial disclosures, swim lane three would be loan processing uh, and operational components of that. Whoops. I'm going the wrong way with these slides. There we go. So the three phases, let's do this. First of all, we review all the existing policy procedures, create an end-to-end -end workflow. We put it on a map and then each department meets to review the current workflow and identify inconsistencies. One of the things that's most amazing when we start putting a map to what we're doing, we start looking at how we go about it. And in doing so, we really find our inefficiencies. Now, Howard's on this, Howard Nathan's on this call. Any, any CFO or any CPA is going to say, when you have inefficiencies, there's a dollar sign equated to that. There's a cost to that. And how we get to identifying what that cost is, is we literally load up all the salaries of those people in that area. And we put, we add the square footage they're sitting, we fully load up the benefit structure, what it is. So now what is the cost per minute for that employee? And we start looking at how each department goes and how they go about it. Let's go into the slide of the web of Radius Financial Group. This is shared by permission by Keith Pulaski. And we're gonna be talking about this process, what they achieved today. And you'll be able to listen to his podcast and his interview. So if I don't do anything else, I wanna tease you into or encourage you or excite you into listening to the podcast we recently did with Keith Pulaski. And I'll give the statistics of what their costs are down to. Again. You can't cut your costs, can't cut your expenses to cut your way to profitability through cutting expenses, but you can get to a much better lower cost structure through efficiencies. And that's what this brief webinar is. And that's what I'm planting seeds on here. Again, I we flew in uh, and did this one here. Now, this happened to be the underwriting department. I always joke. Look at the body language in that room. Who is the person that is probably the looks the most res resistant to the process? And I would say it's this person right here. It happens to be the underwriting manager. I've been doing it this way for this many years, 23 years, if I recall. I'm not about to change. If I have to change, I am. Um, I, you could just forget it. It's not going to happen. Well, that's the attitude which creates inefficiencies. And we always hear about the different stories about that. I'm not going to use any of those right now about grandma, why we cut the ham in half. You've heard those stories maybe, but it's because we've always done it that way. One of the biggest enemies to becoming an efficient, intentional process of improvement and getting a cost realization from that process is by saying, this is the way I've always done it. And they're not in willing to roll up their sleeves. Now, that person became, by the way, the one of the biggest evangelists for what we're doing there. But we literally went around and we put up all these post-its on the wall. They were all around this room. And we were uh, measuring and looking at what a time it took to go through each one of those. Let's go into phase two here. I'm looking for time. I want to make sure I get this done as quickly as I can, covering it extensively. You may want to go back and look at some of this. And if you know some of those people in the picture, uh, they're great people. We love working with Radius. It's a successful company. They have the lowest cost that I've been able to find out. They have the lowest cost of originate, cost of operations of anyone in the United States. 
And so you may want to pay attention to him and call Keith and he's opened up his phone line where you can't visit with him. But phase two starts off with this. What would you like your time frames to be? In other words, if you're in this many days, whatever that is for you, and you probably all have shortened that up to some degree because we have a lot more new tools through technology that do bring about some levels of efficiencies, but you can't stop with one and done. This is an ongoing, constant process for every company. So it's important that you then set goals. Well, we produce loans in 20 days or 30 days, and we want to get that down to this many cycles. We want to eliminate this many cycles or processes out of the process while still staying compliant and having a fully saleable loan into the secondary markets. This is where this process really happens. We work with a facilitator. We have a note taker in the room. Someone is listening and we start examining how we went about it. First of all, at this point, we passed the resistance stage of this process. And we're starting now to open up and share, well, I do it this way because, well, I like to do it this way because some will say, I don't know of another way. This was how I was trained. You know, it goes back to that. Why am I doing it the way I do? It's because that's how I was told to do and until someone tells me to do it differently. We just must be more intelligent, especially when you hear what Radius Financial has gotten to. So this is an advertising promoting them. It's just promoting something we did for them and the results that they're now getting. So phase two would be itemize what keeps your staff from achieving those timeframes. If you go back into this, this is what we were doing up here. We were beginning to itemize what are all the things and you start intentionally examining those, you start realizing, well, why do we do that? I was listening, I, 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 uh, I was in a lender yesterday and uh, she said she started when she started the job, there was over 150 closing documents she had. And, I, and she started asking, why do we have this? Why do we have that? She just started asking the why question. Why do we do it this way? Why do we have this? She has the package, closing package down to a much thinner file, much more friendly experience. So again, itemize what keeps your staff, keeps the staff. And this should come out of the staff. What keeps your staff from achieving those timeframes that you desire? And then you negotiate something which is in the world of business process improvement. It's called typically SLAs or service level agreements. We like coming up with the term service level promises. We promise, and I'll explain what I mean by that. Again, this is some of the things we, uh, this is among the pictures, just kind of showing the process, give you guys a little sense of what we did in there. The key is identifying where those exchange points. Let me um, go through this because I want to get to some other pictures here that will help. A picture's worth a thousand words. So once you've mapped out and negotiated your service level agreements or your service level promises, and again, by that, I mean, when the originators originate a loan on that top swim lane, remember that one we talked about? Then the next one down is when they pass the loan into disclosures and then on into processing. Everybody, when it passes through into another swim lane, is agreeing, I certify, I agree to de -level, deliver this service level promise. So that made me look, it's going to be this complete. It's going to have this much documentation. There's no going to be straggling things. I'm not going to, you know, when I first started in loan originations, I thought a complete 1003 was the last name, a social security number, and a, well, how much cash they had, and I would turn it in. I mean, it was pretty bad. <laughs> that was 50 years ago. I've learned a little bit since then. So what I'm looking at is the level of incompleteness is costing you money. So which really gets into rewriting your processes and rewriting your procedures on a step-by-step -step basis to begin to help 
by that reflect what your SLPs state uh, state as the goal and objective. Then we create a new workflow and a work process map. We embed those procedures into a new video. And I want to explain what I mean by that here. Let me see if I got there. Go on to embed the process video. So this is one that we zoomed in on that process map. And so let me tell you what this is. This is a training tool as well as something the way you, again, have get replicate uh, consistency. What we put in every one of these boxes, which represents a process, a part of the function that we do, is we embed in here, reviewing a title, we put both a PDF of the instructions of how to do it, and we embed in there a video, a YouTube video or whatever video you want to do. It's long as it, YouTube is a, what... what uh, uh, Lucid chart works real well. You can literally embed a link in there. So you're going like, okay, how do we review? A, oops, didn't mean to do that. We got to go back. How do we go in and uh, embed that in there? Well, I'll share that with you when it comes down to it. It's a pretty simple process. It's embedding a link just like you drag and drop something in there. But what's so nice about this is when you hire a new employee or you have someone starting in a department that's transferred from another department in, they can review your entire workflow process and get trained by either reading the PDF that's embedded in here or watching the video that's embedded in here. It is one of the most effective ways. And again, what is one of the biggest costs in getting a new employee? Sometimes right now we're in contraction mode. So we're, we're, we're unfortunately having to uh, get rid of some people. But a lot of times we are back when we, we are going to get back. Trust me, we're going to get back into an expansion mode. And when we do, we are going to find ourselves in a place where how are we training our people? How do we create efficiencies through as a result of that? Now, I want to bring this slide up. Remember this, embedding your process in each box, embedding a PDF for those that like to read the process. For me, I prefer a video. Show me. Don't make me read it. I got some dyslexia, so I'd rather watch the video. I retain a lot better. And those are the two learning programs, learning styles you need to address. Make sure you embed something in this workflow process. Okay, the last step. Each month, you must meet by department by department and review the results of what you're doing. That is the key to what has brought the success to Radius Financial Group. When you're in a swim lane and you repeat looking at this process, so at the end of each month, you come back, say, okay, team, how do we process these loans? How did we originate? How do we underwrite? How do we close? How, whatever function we're talking about, did we follow our process? It's a no penalty zone because if we didn't follow it to exactly the way it was designed, then let's have this. It's a no guilt, no penalty zone. We go in and analyze why we did it that way. And if we go like, hey, I think we discovered something that way, didn't what we agreed on didn't work as well for me. We ended up going this route because it, I found to be more efficient, but we're all focusing in and driving to a more efficient process. And that starts that whole, everyone's back in the room. You remember the picture I showed you, everyone's back in the room. We're looking at uh, the process of what do we do and how do we go about it? So the point of it is, is meet consistently and continue to go in there. Then what we do is we start going in day one, day two, day three. We start analyzing when certain processes got done. And now our goal is to say, can we combine days one through three and get it all done in one day? And then you start doing that across your whole organization. And I'm not sure if I have a, um, uh, 
uh, fully zoomed out. The last slide I want to get into, and then I'm going to open this up for Q&A. Hopefully, we'll get some Q&A or anything. But the benefits of doing this, this is what's really interesting. There's three primary benefits. It comes in the way of service levels, our ability to perform, morale, and cost improvements. And the cost improvements you're going to hear as a result of Radius Financial going to blow your mind. So service levels, first of all, it cuts days out of the process, creates a consistent, replicable process that brings about predictable service levels. In other words, we do the same thing the same way, no matter where it's at. You think of a McDonald's, everyone talks about the McDonald's. They spend so much time. You don't, in Idaho, they don't put in the potatoes for a shorter amount of time than they do in Southern California or Texas or in New York. They're all going into the deep fat fire, which is at exactly the right temperature and the consistently temperature and for the same amount of seconds. That's how they get a consistent product across the United States or across the world. It's very well defined. And then the third bullet here is everyone is on the same page because everyone understands the process from end to end and can see it on a roadmap. That's so important. I didn't mean to bring that up going, to, going ahead there. Touch the key screen and it's going crazy. All right. Everyone's commitment is the third level is everyone's commitment to quality increases with a new sense of accountability and responsibility. Now, here's what's really interesting. Morale. When doing so, it's amazing when you involve everybody in the company, everyone in the department in this process, because when we do this, they feel a part of a process of re-engineering or examining a process. It may not be a full re-engineering of it, but at least they're a part of it and their voice matters and they get felt, they get felt heard. Their input is heard and that makes them feel more of a value. It's amazing when we do this project, there's almost always a morale lift amongst when we do this process within there. And then what's most important is they feel more secure in their job because when they understand all that they do and how it contributes to the overall process, they feel more secure in their job. It's really quite astounding to me. These, this is a, some of the side benefits that came out of this project we started doing these years ago uh, was, was just that. It aids in recruiting and training. Obviously, you can show how you go about it when you recruit someone or bring someone in, promote someone where I'm in. You show them on that. It trains them up a lot faster, especially if you're having those embedded um, PDFs and videos in there. And it's easier, it's easier done than you would realize. New hires coming up to speed faster with a less drag on existing staff. I mean, <clears throat> I always ask this question. Do we hire at the need or behind the need? Well, mortgage bankers, I think it's probably human nature to do this, but we hire behind the need. In other words, we wait until it's so bloody necessary to add an employee. That's when we add them, especially when we come out of cycles like this. We don't hire too quickly. We should. We should anticipate that and do a better job, but we can bring those people up to speed faster and it reduces turnover. That's what's so amazing about this. We cut down turnover because of all the things talked about in the first bullet, those three items. Now let's talk about cost improvements. It reduces costs. Uh, from originations to operate to closing, Every, uh, we can measure costs and extra cycles when working outside the agreement, of the agreed upon process. What's so nice? I mean, one thing I love working with Howard Nathan. Sorry, Howard, I'm bringing you up here. It's just good that you brought came in on this. Is that he looks at looks at measuring saying, I love guys that love to measure. And yeah, why is it? How does this fit in here? How does that work? You're able to track costs because you're 
agreeing to a mutually agreed upon process and the time frame in which you are going to do it. And you can assess a dollar values that are tied back to your financial forecast. Mostly, I'm going to use Encompass, LMA, Encompass, I mean, uh, Ice Mortgage Technologies, I guess, and uh, Encompass Solution, because it does have the ability to measure when you start doing a process, you are able to measure who opened the screen, what is the employee's uh, cost. So what we do is we get an employee register with the fully all their payroll data. Now, we keep that behind the screen. There's no one is seeing it, but we actually are able to go up. And so when someone opens a screen, we up and go to this register that says how what is the cost of the employee per minute per second and how long are they in that process guys like howard just get giddy with the baby amount of data that you can have when you start intentionally going about this process so with that there's my information if you want we're going to save the last five minutes of this for some q a and get into it so sarah i'll stop sharing i can reshare if someone wants to take a look at the screen but good yeah, to be here Leave it up for a bit if you want. Okay. To. All right. Good. Good. We did get one question or a couple of questions from um, Phil. Um, I'm so sorry if I mispronounce your last name. Gut. Um, how do you account for technology processes ah. what is going on inside the machines? Do we need the machines to do something differently if we make changes to our process? Yes, 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 yes. And that's one of the moral hazards, or not moral hazards, it's one of the consequences uh, that we're, what we have going on here, Phil, is when you make a process, when, when, well, first of all, I was just on with Candor, uh, talking to books about this and Tom Showalter about some of the things and we know what can companies like Candor can do for a company. And as they make a change, how does that impact how we go about our process? It does. We need to go in and adjust that process based on the technology. And there's some really new technologies that are coming on that look really promising as to what can do and bring efficiencies. But it is going to change the way we go about our business. So we do need to go in and map that, Phil. So great question. Uh, let's see, how do we account for technology processes? Yep, they're changing. And a good technology should change our processes, should make us more efficient, and we should map it. What's going on inside the machines? Yeah, we should know what's going on in the machines. And, and um, how uh, do we need to the machines to do something differently? Well, sometimes when it comes to machines, I think what's really a new exciting thing is I'm really studying GPT. We're looking at what this tool can do for so many. Right now, we're seeing some real benefits on the marketing side and on the sales side. We're going to see it come into operations very soon. I will be doing a webinar tomorrow. Another webinar was with Finastra related to my podcast, and it is talking about what's happening. We're literally with chat GPT and some other artificial intelligence I think it's other artificial intelligence. Gabe Mint will be on with me. And we're going in and you can measure or calibrate someone's mood that they're in when you're talking to them. So do you need to be cheerful? Do you need to lift them up? I mean, when it comes to servicing, this is a huge tool. When it comes to processing or interacting, helping a processor interact with a customer, if we can get some predictability of what mood they're in and how to talk to them, how much more effective are we going to be? So there's so many new, exciting technologies coming in. A lot of it's around AI. And again, AI is an all-inclusive topic. It shouldn't be, but it's, it's, it's got a lot of things dumped into it. It can be from machine learning all the way up to true AI, where it's self-learning. So we could talk about that forever. What other questions do we have, Sarah? That is all I am seeing in the chat right now. But if anyone has any more questions, please feel free to reach out to myself or David. You can email David at 
David at TMS-advisors.com. His information is also at the bottom of the screen. And I'll be sending out a follow-up email with all this information as long as well as David's contact information. And you can see a recording on this on YouTube or listen to it on our podcast as well. Yeah, I would like to feedback as if this is, am I crazy to be excited about this? Here's the big, here's the big most important part. I left this out, Sarah. Let me get this in. The cost at Radius Financial to produce a Fannie Mae. Now, let's take a look. We just got the latest statistics, $11,000 to originate a loan. Half, assuming half of that goes to the sales side, Radius Financial on the operation side, which is typically around 5,500 is the average now because of the uh, latest statistical numbers, uh, the latest uh, benchmarking that the, the MBA put out. They have their cost. I'm not kidding. Call Keith Pulaski. He'll tell you this. They have their cost originating a Fannie Mae or Freddie Mac loan down to $350 to $650 per loan. Their government loans are between $1,300 and $1,400 because of the amount of technology fill that they put in, coordinating their technology with that. They put a lot of bots in the processes where humans were involved, and it has brought those timelines down dramatically. And I'm Howard, I told these numbers to Howard Nathan, who's on this call. He goes, David, I have to believe that, see that to actually believe it, that I just don't think it's possible. I'm telling you, it can be done if we don't recognize what others are doing and taking advantage of these technology, marrying the technology like Phil brings up with our processes, we're going to find ourselves at the end of that bus and on the more expensive side. And you know what that can do to us all. Sarah, thank you so much for having me on. I think we just about run out of time, ran out of time. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you so much, David. Thank you everyone for joining us today. And yeah, be on the lookout for the follow-up email. Yes. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. For more information about how you can get involved with TMC Connect and witness the power of the network firsthand, please visit us at mortgagecollaborative.com.